0: Hello, and welcome to The Essential Reads. My name is Isaac, and my goal is to bring you a bunch of classic audiobooks in an easy and accessible way. This is the Friday video where I'm bringing you short stories every Friday, and we are continuing, like last week, with The Island of Dr. Moreau by H.G. Wells. And if you like the show and would like to support it in a more profound way, you can join me on Patreon, where you have access to exclusive audiobooks, or... You can just give me a super thanks here on YouTube, which is really, really easy. And if you're listening on podcast, go to the Patreon and stay being Awesome. You can find this on Spotify, if you did not know, and all other podcasty platforms. Now, without further ado, let's dive in. The Island of Dr. Moreau by H.G. Wells Edward Prendick's Story Chapter 1. In the Dinghy of Lady Vane. I do not propose to add anything to what has already been written concerning the loss of the Lady Vane. As everyone knows, she collided with a derelict when ten days out from Kaleo. The longboat, with seven of the crew, was picked up eighteen days after by H.M. Gumboat Myrtle, and the story of their privations has become quite as well known as the far more horrible Medusa case but I have to add to the published story of the vein another, possibly as horrible and far stranger. It has hitherto been supposed that the four men who were in the dinghy perished, but this is incorrect. I have the best evidence of this assertion. I was one of the four men. But in the first place, I must state that there never were four men in the dinghy. The number was three. Constance, who was seen by the captain to jump into the gig, luckily for us, and unluckily for himself, did not reach us. He came down out of the tangle of ropes under the stays of the smashed bowsprit. Some small rope caught his heel as he let go, and he hung for a minute, head downward, and then fell and struck a block or a spar floating in the water. We pulled towards him, but he never came up. I say, luckily for us, he did not reach us, I might almost say luckily for himself, for we only had a small breaker of water and some sodden ship's biscuits with us. So sudden had been the alarm, so unprepared the ship for any disaster. We thought the people on the launch would be better provisioned, though it seems they were not, and we tried to hail them. They could not have heard us, and the next morning, when the drizzle cleared, which was not until past midday, we could see nothing of them we could not stand up to look about us because of the pitching of the boat. The two other men who had escaped so far with me were a man named Helmar, a passenger like myself, and a seaman whose name I do not know, a short, sturdy man with a stammer. We drifted, famishing, and after our water had come to an end, tormented by intolerable thirst for eight days altogether. After the second day, the sea subsided, slowly, to a glassy calm. It is quite impossible for the ordinary reader to imagine those eight days. He has not, luckily for himself, anything in his memory to imagine with. After the first day, we said little to one another, and lay in our places in the boat, and stared over the horizon, or watched, with eyes that grew larger and more haggard every day, the misery and weakness gaining upon our companions. The sun became pitiless, The water ended on the fourth day, and we were already thinking strange things and saying them with our eyes. But it was, I think, the sixth before Helmar gave voice to the thing we had all been thinking. I remember our voices were dry and thin, so that we bent towards one another and spared our words. I stood out against it with all my might, was rather for scuttling the boat and perishing together among the sharks that followed us but when Helmar said that if his proposal was accepted, we should have drink, the sailor came round to him. I would not draw lots, however, and in the night the sailor whispered to Helmar again and again, and I sat in the bows with the class knife in my hand, though I doubt if I had the stuff in me to fight. And in the morning I agreed to Helmar's proposal, and we handed halfpence to find the odd man. The lot fell upon the sailor, but he was the strongest of us and would not abide by it, and attacked Helmar with his hands. They grappled together and almost stood up, I crawled along the boat to them, intending to help Helmar by grasping the sailor's leg. But the sailor stumbled with the swing of the boat, and the two fell upon the gunway and rolled overboard together. They sunk like stones. I remember laughing at that, and wondering why I laughed. The laugh... "'caught me suddenly, like a thing from without. "'I lay across one of the thwarts, for I know not how long, "'thinking that if I had strength, "'I would drink seawater and madden myself to die quickly. "'And even as I lay there, "'I saw, with no more interest than if it had been a picture, "'a sail come up towards me over the skyline. "'My mind must have been wandering, "'and yet I remember all that happened quite distinctly. "'I remember how my head swayed with the seas.' and the horizon with the sail above it danced up and down. But I also remember as distinctly that I had a persuasion that I was dead. And I thought what a jest it was that they should come too late by such a little to catch me in my body. For an endless period, as it seems to me, I lay with my head on the thwart, watching the schooner. She was a little ship, schooner-rigged fore and aft, come up out of the sea. She kept tacking to and fro, in a widening compass for she was sailing dead into the wind it never entered my head to attract attention and I do not remember anything distinctly after the sight of her side until I found myself in a little cabin aft there's a little dim half memory of being lifted up to the gangway, and of a big red countenance covered with freckles and surrounded with red hair staring over me to the bulwarks I also had a disconnected impression of a dark face with extraordinary eyes close to mine But that, I thought, was a nightmare. Until I met it again. I fancy I recollect some stuff being poured in between my teeth. And that is all. Thank you so very much for listening. If you enjoyed, please like, comment, share, all that jazz. And if you really enjoyed, do subscribe, because there's more to come. And if you're listening on podcast, please share the show with your friends or leave a review, because it helps get this in front of as many people as possible. And if you'd really like to support me, go to the Patreon, where you'll have access to exclusive audiobooks. Or leave a super thanks here on YouTube, which would be great. Again, as this is a new format, let me know what you think of the soundscaping, and uh, like usual, I probably won't be able to do it with all the books, but I'm going to continue trying to do it on this uh, Friday format. Once again, thank you very much for listening, and until next time, bye-bye.